This is Charlie Haas, and I'm talking to you at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. If you don't pay attention to this podcast, then you know what? You guys can go yourself. This is the Fallen Eagle, Christopher Daniels, National Treasure, Inspiration to Children Everywhere, and you're listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Fuck. <laughs> Bro, when you shut the fuck up, man, like, you fucking killing me over here, bro. You been talking my fucking head off. Like, I'm trying to doze off over here and shit. You keep fucking talking. Man, we been, feels like we've been riding for fucking 10 hours, man. Fuck. Man, look, I can't listen to you talk, bro. Whatever. Where, where's your fucking auxiliary cord, bro? I'm fucking put on some music in this bitch. That's better than hearing you fucking... Run your fucking mouth and shit. <laughs> fuck me, fuck you too, motherfucker. <laughs> shit, where's the cord at, bro? I'ma jam some fucking trill talk music in this bitch. You remember that shit? Oh, <laughs> that shit went fucking hard. What you mean it sucked? You mean that shit didn't suck, man? Fuck off, fuck off. Does this fucking suck? Here we go. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Well, hey. Hey, don't turn that shit down. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, don't fucking play with me, bro. Chill, chill. Chill, Bob. Shake the shit. Yeah. Shake yeah, that this shit. shit went Shake the shit. Bruh. Bruh, Bob. You fucking turn that music mm-hmm. down one more time. You turn my shit down one more time. Mm-hmm. We gonna wreck this fucking car because I'm gonna be all over your ass. Shake the shit. Shake the shit. Get on over. Man, fuck! Mm. You know what? Turn this shit off. Just turn this shit off, man. Okay. Fuck, man. I, I ain't got time to be fucking around with you, bro. Mm. Shit. Mm. Just get me to work. You know what? Mm-hmm. On second what? thought, like... Bob, I know you, bro. I know you. I know you know where the ladies are, man. I've been in jail. Like, I, I'm trying to get into something, bro. Like, where, where the ladies at? Where the, where the women, bro? I know you know. Yeah. If I don't know nothing, I know Bob. And I know you know where they at, man. Hey, fuck that shit. Let's turn this bitch around and let's go. Let's go, man. Hey. Hey, you know they gonna wanna do something when they hear you got Trill. You <laughs> you got your boy Trill with you. You know they gonna be they gonna be DTF. They gonna be down. <laughs> Come on, man, let's go. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I know, I know. I I kind of creeped out that therapist, but fuck fuck that. You know, I am. I'm moving on from that. I ain't gonna creep these girls out, man. You got you got my word. <laughs> you got my word. I ain't gonna be I ain't gonna be too aggressive. Yeah. So what? Like they some freaks? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Well, what you mean? What you mean I can't know where they live? What? You want me to put on a fucking blindfold, Bruh. Uh, you you fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no. <sighs> let's do it. <laughs> Fuck, let's do it, bro. I put on the blindfold. Yeah, Fuck, it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm into that type of shit. <laughs> oh, no, you are. <laughs> this is the pro wrestling shoot. This is the pro wrestling shoot. Here we go again. This is the.
Shit is coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. All right, give me the blindfold, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me the blindfold. I ain't worried about that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Damn, I ain't gonna peek. I can't see shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I can't see shit. Like, mm-hmm. just get me there. Mm-hmm. How many of them is it? Mm-hmm. Ooh, four. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'll take the thick one. You know I like some thickness. <laughs> Say what? Handcuffs? What? What? Hold on. You're not making sense. Like, why the fuck would I put on handcuffs before I even get into the fucking house? What? So they're going to be on that kinky shit before I even get in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they don't even know what kinky is, bro. <laughs> Put the cuffs on. <laughs> Put the bitches on. Hey, you better make sure I don't fucking run into nothing mm-hmm. on the way up there, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> motherfucker, you better guide me with your life. Like, motherfucker, I'll mm-hmm. run into something. That's your ass. <laughs> Put these motherfuckers on, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, just put on one. Mm-mm. And then whenever we pull up, you get the other one, motherfucker. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be handcuffed with just mm-hmm. you here in the mm-hmm. car, mm-hmm. weirdo. <laughs> yeah, baby, trills is coming. Trills is coming, coming. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Shoot. As always, your host Jesse Carter. Alongside my co-host James Bernard Jr. James, the fuck's going on, man? Dude, it's it's May. <laughs> it's uh, May the fourth. Be with you, almost. I know. Right? And Cinco actually, de by Drinco. the time you're hearing this, it's past the fourth. Same with Cinco de Drinco. Cinco and, de Drinco. Uh, Cinco de Drinco for Cinco de Mayo, sir. What the fuck? I've, I've never heard that one. Yeah, man. I mean, Cinco oh, de Mayo, obviously. I've yeah, heard, well, Cinco but... de Mayo, of course, everyone, you know. But Cinco de Drinco? Uh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's pretty much what you do. At least, at least most people that I know usually drink on Cinco de Mayo. All right, yeah. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair but enough. Yeah, How you it's, been? It's, yeah, oh, pretty good. You know, we're already almost halfway through the year. We're in the fifth month. Like, geez, what in the world is going on? It's dude, flying, we, we, dude. I it's feel like flying. we just got past Christmas. Like, dude, next thing you know it, it's going to be Christmas. I know, dude. It's, this whole year is just going by so fast. And I it's, I it's wanted wild. to spend more money on people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm skipping Christmas this year, man. I'm, I'm going to go on and say it right here live on the podcast. I'm skipping Christmas. Um, I am going to the Bahamas, and everybody else can go fuck themselves. That's that's yeah. exactly what's going on right now. Um, 
I feel like I feel like every year I spoil the fuck out of everybody in my family, friends, everything, dude. Like I, I I'm a giving person. I love giving presents to everybody, but this year I think that I'm just gonna be all right, I'm, Grinch. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be. Yeah, I'm just gonna be selfish. No, I'm gonna celebrate Christmas. No, no but I'm not good. gonna. I'm How not much, gonna go crazy with presents. What's you your limit? Mean? What's your limiting like cash wise for per per person? I don't have know? a limit. You don't have a limit. No, never. I okay. So here's the deal, man. Um, I'm not rich, so that kind of made it sound like I'm rich, but I'm not. Um, I usually, I usually get a bonus at the end of the year from my company that I work for. And it's a fucking fat bonus. And usually with that bonus, I take it and I just go crazy with Christmas presents because that's what, you know, I, I don't know. It's a Christmas bonus. And I feel like, Hey, well I can get people cool shit. And that's usually the case. Um, I usually get all my kids something really cool. Um, at least two or three gifts. I I, I don't like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd say if I had a limit, that's probably the limit of gifts. I just don't have a cap for for money-wise on what I uh, purchase their gift with. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's that's usually the case. Get them, like, three cool things. Um, they spoil the shit out of me every year, too. So I'm not, like, going to sit here and pretend like I don't get spoiled because my wife goes all out for me. Uh, my kids go all out. Fuck, you went all out for me this last <laughs> Last year, you got me a whole bunch of shit for Christmas, too. Oh, geez. I so. still had those figures in my uh, right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I mean, uh, I definitely get spoiled for Christmas. But this year, I just I think I want to save up for a nice vacation and go somewhere that I haven't been before. Uh, I wanted to take a cruise because I've never been on a cruise and neither has my wife. And I feel like we've done so much stuff together since we've been married. Um, but a cruise is one thing that we haven't, we've been on boats together and we've done all that, but we've never taken a, like a cruise to like the Bahamas. I'd like to go to El Salvador, uh, Mexico and the Bahamas. There's a cruise that takes you to all three. Um, I think I want to do that. See if you can convince her to do the Jericho cruise. <laughs> um, I've tried. I because that probably shit's, not happening. It, it's not happening. No, she said that she was cool with me going alone. But I mean, what's the fun in that? You know what I mean? Maybe I'll make your ass go on the cruise with me. Maybe oh, jeez. We'll, we'll we'll have to see about that one. I mean, that's <laughs> what is that like next January or something? He always does it once a year. Hey, it's my birthday. You can buy me the ticket. That's for <laughs> my birthday. Well, we'll that's, have to that's see. An expensive birthday. Uh, I gift. think I'm taking the Bahamas this year. Uh, no, so I'm spoiling myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, see, uh, I, I get what you're going with. Like I, I limit myself. It depends who it is. Like, you know, certain people I'll limit myself on like some certain family members I'll limit myself on, you know, obviously my little brother, that's the whole different thing. My girlfriend, same thing. You know, I mean, there's some limitations, but you know, Christmas is at one time a year and I always get, how would I say? Like I always get told like oh man you find the most creative gifts i'm like shit because i you know everything shit i mean last pandemic or last year really you know when the pandemic was somewhat there there was nothing in store so you just had to buy stuff early and i used to splurge myself on black friday i used to buy stuff for myself fuck everyone else well, fuck you, know? dude, you got to you got to because everything's you know, everything's on sale on that day which now. you do you know but there's times where i do it for family members and i just you know Trust me, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm I'm a sucker for Christmas. I that's my favorite holiday. Me you too. Know? Me too. It's 
it's just a time, you know, it was hell for everyone not having family members for Christmas, you know, for the last two years previously because of the pandemic. It, it was a hellhole, you know. Um, and I just like, you know, I just like spreading the joy. Obviously, can't got to limit my wallet because, you know, can't buy every damn thing out there, you know. Same here, not rich. But, you know, it's just, it is how you feel, you know. Sometimes we don't feel it. I mean, it, it can be a pain in the ass. I just, myself, I'm an early Christmas shopper, and I try to get it done early as soon as possible. Me too. Do not want to do what I did one year for someone where they had to get something for somebody last minute, and I had to go on Christmas Eve, which was a pain in the ass. Yeah, look. Never cri- again. Cri- Christmas is done for me um, before December even comes. Right so, after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I don't step foot in a store um, until, or, no, sorry, I don't step foot in the store in December whatsoever. So, yeah, that's, uh, and as a matter of fact, last year I did everything online. I didn't even step in, I didn't step foot in the store at all. <laughs> I did every single Christmas show. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty cheap. I'm pretty cheap myself. Like, if somebody wants a new video game, I'm like, I'm not buying it from the store. I'm getting it cheaper than sixty bucks. I'll buy it someone from used and wrap it up my myself. Well, see, see that. So I'm not. So I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. No, at all. I, I do it, it for certain times. Like, if it's out of stock and I can't find it, sure, I'll do that. You know, most people like that know me. They know that I'm a. I'm actually a very giving person. I I I am not selfish whatsoever. I'll I'll spend all my money on somebody else before I spend it on myself. Uh, which is why I had to spoil myself with some of our podcast gear. You know what I mean? Like that's why I got got what I got <laughs> now because I know if I didn't do it, um, it would never happen. So um, I have spoiled myself definitely. So I'm not saying that I haven't done that before, but um, I'm very known for <laughs> taking people out to eat and, and taking the bill and uh, all, all sorts of stuff all the time. That's, that's just what I do. Um, Christmas is no different, but – yeah, this year I don't think that that's what that's what's gonna happen. I want just to, limit myself for sure. You know, li- life's just too short, man. I want to see stuff before my time because tomorrow's not guaranteed to anybody. No, and I, I just want to see more things in my life before my time on this earth is gone. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So. Speaking of uh, purchasing stuff, yeah, I actually since I believe it was last time you said about WWE Shop dot com shirts, so I bought one of the Roman Reigns shirts. It was the I think it was what greatness on a different level. The one that spells out God. I bought that one. Um, Blasphemy. I had to buy it. It was a good shirt. I had to buy it for myself, <laughs> dude. I got it. Trust me. I have a checklist of like AEW shirts I want to buy. You know. Um, and I know there's something you talked about that you actually are very interested in. That you want to buy that I know your wife's gonna kill you for, and it's that damn belt that came out. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> so we're. You're fucking me over right now because now we're going to start talking about replica championship belts. Yes, so I've obviously been on probation the last three years on (laughs) buying any replica belts. But you know what I'm not on probation for is selling one of my replicas and buying this one. So they released released, um, the the old Big Eagle, the original Big Eagle with the WWF logo, but obviously it's not a WWF version. Um, It's WWE, but it's the blue... uh, the the blue strap um, with the old box logo, WWF logo or WWE logo, however you want to say it. Um, dude, it's fucking perfect. Like the only, the only thing, um, the only time that you can get this belt is if you got it bootleg made. 
now it's officially made from them. So, dude, the shop is killing it. Okay, um, besides their like uh, superstar collection, whatever you want to call that for the you know the superstar's own personal titles, those are all garbage. Every single one of those trash. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't purchase any of those. Maybe the Hollywood Hogan NWO version. Um, I would get that. But out of every single, uh, well, maybe the Rock version too. I like that Rock Brahma Bull uh, title. That belt's cool. But other than that, those new titles that they've been coming out with, like the Undertaker one, the Bret Hart Winged Eagle, the other uh, red and yellow Hulkamania Winged Eagle, all this other shit is is just garbage. Like, (laughs) I would never buy any of that. But, um, yeah, I really wanted to get caught me a spinner belt, the, the rated the rated R spinner belt, but now that they dropped this one, <laughs> I yeah, think gonna, your course I, I think is I'm taking gonna, a different route. So I think I'm going to get it, dude. <laughs> I think I'm going to get it. I'm going to, I'm going to sell my other big Eagle, uh, to somebody and that's going to come by has real, gonna, real leather. And then I'm just going to order it. <laughs> she's going to come right behind you. What about that cruise? We need that cruise money. You can hell with the belt. You're going to bring the belt on the cruise. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. Sporting, no. sporting the belt on the if cruise. I see, if I get rid of one, I gotta cop another one. That's the, that's the way. I, I have enough belts to fill my two cases, and they have to stay complete. Otherwise, um, I'm gonna throw a fit. So that's that's what's happening. We're, we're <laughs> we have to have eight <laughs> belts. I've already sold eight belts, so now I'm down to eight belts. New year, um, new belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I yeah, that's that's happening. Um, yeah, man. I mean. Other than that, that that is something that I want to purchase. I don't know about anything else that I that I've been wanting to purchase. Um, just video games for right now, man. I'm like, yeah, that's about gaming. it. I mean, just gaming. Um, I haven't. <laughs> so this year is the first year that I've gamed in like three years. So, um, WWE 2K22. Um, I can thank that game for that. Uh, pretty good. The online fucking sucks. Like, I, I don't know why, like, every time I get into an online match, it's just so laggy and shit. They really need to get a good server for this game and, and figure this shit out, man. If I can pop on Call of Duty with all those people and have a good server and play, there should be no fucking reason why I'm one barring, even though <laughs> I'm plugged <laughs> directly into my router. Uh, it, it's just getting ridiculous, man. The offline is great. But, yeah, like, I think offline see, and I think is, this is great is... for this game. It's been a long time since like the offline was more funner than online. Like I'm, you know, it no, was it always two K nineteen was funner than online. Well, of course, you know. Um, I mean, I think personally for myself, maybe it's just different. Like when I always bought the wrestling games, I always bought it for like. I mean, it's, I, I kind of treat them the same way as like the Call of Duty games. Like you know, yeah, I would play the story mode, but I'm like everyone bought it for the online. You know, the wrestling yeah. games. Like that was always our vocal thing between me and you and. Not even just us. There was multiple people like, hey, you know, the offline is cool not, you know, cool, but what about the online? You guys got to do some structure to it, you know. Um, right. You know, I mean, the DLC packs are cool. Um, I have still yet to download that Bonsai pack because I was just busy last week. I'll probably just give it I a try. I downloaded it, but I only played as Yokozuma, and it was awesome. It yeah, was I've fun. heard that, Umaga. Yeah, I've seen so many videos of... I haven't played with Umaga, and I haven't played with, like, Almost or uh, who else did, Who else came in that pack? Umaga, Rikishi. Um, Rikishi, and it was that one chick from, like, NXT. Yeah, I, did, um, so I, I didn't... Uh... Oh, yeah, so that happened, too, this week. Uh, yeah. Fucking all those it's... releases from NXT. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you brought up NXT. Um, 
we might be seeing uh, the whole Undisputed Era go to AEW. Now Roderick Strong's asking for his release as well. He's been asking for some time. That's true. I've seen that, yeah, yeah. And they've been denying him. So I love I how like people post about Sean Ross Sapp and then they say, oh, yeah, this is an exclusive thing to Fightful. And then somebody who has an exclusive thing to Fightful leaks their fucking Fightful shit to everybody. Like, exactly. What a fail, dude. But, what a fail. But, you know, he's not the only one. Like, I don't know what, what's going on with Mustafa Ali. You know, we just saw him on Raw and I don't know. He was fighting about getting released. He was posting all over the place for Twitter for it. Now Roderick Strong has been claiming or they claim the reports are claiming that he's been asking it for some time the uh the structuring has been so horrible with nxt 2.0 um i I don't know it's just very like the fact that they changed the nxt 2.0 is just very like i watched it for the first time in a good long time probably the first time i can remember watching it and uh like it's just very odd like you just got rid of phenomenal wrestlers you know, Dexter Loomis, you just got rid of, and they had a great storyline going on with him and, and uh, Andy Hartwell. Yeah, you so had, weird, dude. Yeah, they, Dakota Kai, like, a lot of people were pissed off. Was that, it Harlan, too? Or Hart, yeah, that was his name, right? Harlan? Uh, yeah, the Harlan, the, the next big thing Brock Lesnar looked like. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if he had an official match once. Yeah, um, I think he did. Yeah, he's had, that, he's, he's no. had matches. Okay, that one manager that uh, is actually familiar with NBA. Is Harlan on to, the fucking... On the 2K22 game? No. I don't think he no, is. No, he's, he's not. And then MJF's been teasing that, which I think it's going to happen. Uh, that Malkin Beavins guy, I think he's... I forgot what group he, he handles, what tag team, I think. Um, he worked with MJF as a manager. So right. there, he might go to AEW, and that could be a possibility. I don't know what their release time is, or uh, I think it's 30 days or 90 days. Something like that. Um. Just, it's it's thirty days. If you work in NXT, it's thirty days. Yeah, probably it's more likely to thirty days unless you have the Malachi Black deal and they don't look at it completely. But um, I don't know what's going on, and that I think that's it that we got. You know, um, it's just odd that they. You know, I I don't know what they're planning. I I I don't know. Like NXT NXT two point oh, they're going. There's good. There's good things on there, and there's just some that are like kind of very odd. They did a promo with Wesley when M- when MSK had to lose the titles because the the abuse allegations, and he pretty much they had him do a promo um, or a vignette, if you will, about like it's not fair we lost the titles, you know, but I can't hear can't sit here and bitch and complain. So they're doing a singles run with him, and it's just very I don't know. I'm surprised they moved along with it. You know, I know he doesn't want to give up his career for it. I know it's painful to see what happened, you know, but the show must go on. So, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's I don't know. And that's just NXT. So I don't know if there's going to be main roster droppings. Um, I don't know. It was very odd to see like Rick Steiner on 2.0. It was very weird to me. We'll just have to see where this is going. It's it's been a complete different change of scenery since they obviously Triple H is not in charge over there. Yeah, Big change. Cra- crazy stuff going on in uh, WWE. There was supposed to be some main main uh, roster releases too, but that never happened. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But other than that, man, we got a fucking badass show lined up. Uh, we got Micah Taylor coming on the show later on. We're gonna we're gonna catch up with Micah Taylor in the next segment. And then uh, we're going to jump into some OVW talk, man. Some Ruthless Aggression. 
uh, with Micah Taylor, who was at OVW. So this is going to be a fun show, man. You're going to get to hear from the man himself who got to experience what it was like to work in OVW, which probably should be something that WWE should consider doing again is just fucking having a different company. You might as well kill off NXT at this point and fucking start from scratch. But yeah, just uh, don't, yeah, just learn from how WCW did it and just don't do it their way. What was it? WCW power plant. I think that's what it was called when they had their own version. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't bring in Sarge. Bring back FCW, OVW, you know? Yeah. Don't bring back Sarge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't bring back Sarge. (laughs) Other than that, man, uh, stick around. We're going to have Micah Taylor join us right after these words. Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung and the global leaders in the below the waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code PWSHOOT. That's promo code PWSHOOT. This is exclusive. I can't even begin to explain the experience that I've had with the Manscaped products. And we're not just talking about the incredible Lawnmower 4.0 or the Weed Whacker. We're talking about the deodorant, the moisturizer, the crop preserver, the ball deodorant. The list goes on and on. Let's not even get started on that body wash. Their signature scents are amazing. They smell fresh, you smell clean, and you feel smooth. That's right. That's a hit at the 4.0. You gotta get this stuff, man. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool that you'll need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. Listen, to start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clean your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After cleaning your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver, spray-on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using the Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong. Come on, man. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Smell oh so fresh and oh so clean this spring and check yourself before you wreck yourself. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSHOOT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code PWSHOOT at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life with Manscaped. All right, bro. Be, hey, be easy. Be easy. Oh, shit. What you mean move faster? I ain't gonna move faster. I can't see shit. Oh, shit. Bro, don't let me bump into nothing, bro. Oh, shit. Hey, this shit better be worth it. This shit better be worth it, Bob. I swear, <laughs> these bitches mm-hmm. better be bad as fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't see mm-hmm. why I can't fucking see where the fuck they live. Mm-hmm. Think I'm some kind of stalker or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, they better be worth it, man. I can't wait, though. I can't wait, man. Mm-hmm. They said they fucking kinky. Whew, they don't know what Kiki is. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Bob, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. What the fuck did I just fall into? Mm-hmm. Oh, this shit stinks. Oh, mm-hmm. What the fuck? That shit ain't funny, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck is this trash? Mm-hmm. Bro, you just let me walk into the fucking garbage. Oh, fuck, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro, this shit's wet. Bob, hey, take me off these fucking handcuffs, man. Mm-hmm. Nah, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Take me off these mm-hmm. fucking handcuffs, Bob. I'm not fucking playing with you, man. Mm-hmm. Bob, bro, I ain't fuck. Ah! Mm-hmm. You motherfucker, you just kicked mm-hmm. me in my ass. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You son of a... Get me out these fucking handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Bob. Bob, where the fuck you go? Ah, oh, man, that shit stinks. Bob! Man, I should have known not to let this motherfucker do this shit. What? Mm. Come in. I can't come in, motherfucker. I can't see where the fuck I'm at. Who the fuck are you? Where, where the, the girls at? Get in here. Who the fuck are you, man? Get in here. Get, ah, get the fuck off me, man. Get the fuck off me, man. God damn it. Hurry up. Get these fucking cuffs off me, man. Where the fuck is Bob, man? Don't worry about that. Who the fuck that. are you? Don't worry about that. I got a special what? offer for you. Who the fuck? Don't worry. Who the fuck, about you, it. Mr. Plinskin? Is that you? This ain't Mr. Polinsky. Is that you? Nope. Well, who the him. fuck are you then, man? Where the girls at? Oh, there ain't what no you talking girls. About? What? Man, hey, look, I ain't do nothing, man. Let me the fuck go. Oh, you did something. Get me the fuck out of here. I ain't something. do shit. Hey, I heard that you. I ain't do shit, man. What you talking about? Something special what? in jail. What? A couple special tricks. Man, I ain't learned shit in jail, man. What the yeah, fuck you what go- you learned in jail. Oh, hell no. Some of that little special. Oh, bro. Oh, hell no. No, no. Hell no. Back up, man. Oh, yeah, no. Back up, man. You gonna feel this. Oh, hell no, man. You gonna feel this. Hey, hold on, hold on. Nah. Hey, hold go. on, man. Hold on. Go. Don't do that. Yep. Don't do that shit, bro. Gotta get a Don't do that closer. shit. I don't even know who you are, man. Hey, hold on. Oh, yeah. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right there. Hey, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Hey, man. Hey, hold on, bro. Hey, just kick my ass instead, bro. Nah. Just kick my ass. Don't do that shit. Nah, they don't do that. Pretty bro. Face, bro. Oh, fuck. Bro, what the fuck is that? Move, oh, man. Yeah, hey. Feel that. Hey, somebody. Hey. Yeah, that's right. What the fuck? Jesse. Fuck <laughs> him. Get me out of these fucking handcuffs, man. man. Hey, that shit ain't funny, man. <laughs> that shit ain't funny, man. I thought you fucking man, face, man. Get me the fuck out oh, these handcuffs, bro. That shit's clowning. That shit's Get me the fuck out hey, these handcuffs, hey, man. That's fucking bullshit, hey, you had to man. Pay me back somehow, hey, don't fucking right? play with me like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God, I'm glad it's you, bro. I thought I was fucking. I thought that motherfucker was gonna Boy, make it. Hey, but still, face, man, man, fuck. That shit was. Clown. <laughs> that ain't cool, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me, bro. Fuck. Ah, uh, what'd you think about that? Bro? Oh what'd fuck, man, that? I'm about to fucking yeah. die. Oh, oh fuck, man, you all right? Bob, you all right? Oh, you motherfucker. You all right? You got this trash and shit all over me. <laughs> yeah, you fucking stink, dude. Oh, Bob, I'm, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up once I fucking catch my breath. Bro. Oh fuck! Oh uh, shit! You all right? You all right? Uh, you good? Jesse, that that that's <laughs> fucked up, man. That's that's. Oh man, <laughs> that's fucked up, oh, bro. Come on, man. Hey, come on. Hey, payback's a motherfucker. Yo, what's going on, Micah? What's going on, man? How you guys been? Good, dude. How have you been? How's the career going? How's wrestling? How's the facility treating you? It's been a long time since we we chatted with you, since it was during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, it's been a little bit. Um, everything's going okay. You know what I mean? Um, we're finally kicked off some shows here at the Underground Fight Factory. And uh, probably the last couple months, uh, we've been running shows every two weeks, so it's getting good. Uh, we got new students, uh, a few more extra students. Some guys from the Nightmare Factory are uh, coming down and working out with us. Hmm. Oh, cool. So Who you got? Everything's, everything's going all right. Um, well, the guys that were training there are kind of coming oh, down okay. here and stuff like that. Okay. Right. If uh, if they were on okay. AEW TV, I wouldn't tell you the names anyway because I don't want to get them heat. So yeah, yeah no, of course true. not. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, "What are you going down there to train?" <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. So how's that? How's it treating you though, man? Are you are you digging the new facility and? I do. I like the new facility, dude. Like we still have our weights here. You know what I mean? We've got a little whole arena set up uh, right now. We got about 185 chairs out, you know? So if we fill those up, it's going to look freaking great. Yeah. So you're running shows there. For. Yeah. We're running live events. Every oh, that's, other Saturday. Cool, man. that's cool. You got, you got one coming up this Saturday, correct? Yeah. This Saturday. Um, I can't even tell you the date. May 7th. That sounds okay. about right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. May 7th. I think it's May um, 8th, right? Cause mother's day is the 9th. So yeah, something like maybe that. Maybe it is the right? eighth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We get but, the point. Uh, we got <laughs> we got uh, one of the nine hundred seven guys from Alaska's coming down at the end of the month. He's gonna be staying with me and training with me down here. Aaron West, JT West, son. So big shout out to those guys up there. Cool, I'm gonna whoop his ass in the shape. <laughs> you will who's on, for sure. Who's on the card this Saturday? Yeah. Uh. It's a good question. I haven't even paid attention to it. Um, I got another guy, Dwayne Bell. He's kind of booking it and stuff like that. But we have a lot of guys like Spirals, our champion, SPI, REL, Streets, Produce, Icon, Raw, and Legit. Actually means something, right? Not just a spiral, uh, Coral Storm or whatever. But Mm -hmm. um, we got the guy, I was joking around, calling him a meathead. Dave, he's booked on it. Uh, A few of our students. I think uh, Scott Armstrong is going to be here holding a seminar. Oh, wow. Um, Maybe Teddy Long. Uh, just a bunch of local indie guys that are kind of they're out and about but they're not used and abused here in georgia that makes sense. right did you say teddy long i think teddy long's supposed to be here this weekend for it oh fuck oh wow <laughs> you haven't heard that name in a while <laughs> the fuck yeah. is he doing nowadays uh, guess helping book shows i guess i don't know <laughs> right on right on man yeah. well you had some uh you had some independent bookings over in Alaska, man. Last time uh, we talked, we didn't cover that. You had those coming up, but how how did all that go? How did your trip in Alaska go? Man, it was really good. The first time I went was uh, it was for WrestlePro Alaska, uh, the one Kevin Matthews runs, and okay. uh, we, it was like two weeks, and uh, we all got COVID at the end of it, so we all Shit. came oh, home and like geez. 
a lot of guys got deathly ill, but uh, I didn't. I just had a cough and a cold, but my daughter was with me on that trip too, and she tested freaking negative out of everybody. Wow. Slept in the same bed with me, traveled on the same plane as me, rode in the rental car with me. We got back, she tested negative twice. So I was laid up in bed. Wow. And, uh, it's funny too, right? Because everybody's over there trying to blame each other. A guy, actual Aleki, that uh, that was wrestling out of Hawaii, he was there. Okay. And uh, he was, so he, him and another guy, Chris Wild, had to get tested before they flew back to Hawaii. None of us, no, nobody else had to get tested. So his came back as a positive. So he's like, man, might be a false positive. So they did the one where you send it off. Well, no, it came back. The fucker had COVID. And so everybody wants to point the finger at him, right? Because he got tested first. Yeah. We don't know where it came from. I have I have yeah. my own suspicions of where it came from. Because they had a, a blizzard in Fairbanks. So we stayed in Anchorage the next night. And we all went to fucking Dave and Buster's. And we we're off playing the games and punk kung fu panda and stuff like that. <laughs> That's where I think it came from. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds yep. about right. Yeah. And you, you made a couple trips up there, right? I did. Uh, JT West, he runs 907 uh, out there. and He actually works with WrestlePro Alaska when they come. But uh, he brought me out there, and I did one of his shows. I actually wrestled his son, Aaron, that's coming here. And uh, they Dude, had a good who, house, man. It's a good show. Where the fuck are you coming to Pacific Northwest? Man, I don't even know where that's at anymore. I think I flew over it going to Alaska. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just about. Fuck, dude. You got to come to Washington. Yeah, or California. I do. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I've wrestled in California a few times. Uh, it's been years, but I, we got to get together. I'll, I'll hit up some promotions out there. Um, yeah, dude, like, we have this promotion yeah, out easily. in Spokane. Uh, it's up and coming. It's called uh, Relentless Pro. Yeah. And uh, Chase James, we've had him on the podcast. I'll hit him up, dude, and tell him, give him your contact. You got to fucking come out here, dude. Yeah, I, I come out there I'm just gonna to hang out. Him. Yeah, for sure, dude. Easily. Fucking get some beers or whatever. Yeah, dude. It's fuck, man. It has it has been a while since you've been on the show, huh? Like we, yeah, like fucking almost a year and a half, two <laughs> it years. Was, almost. It was during the pandemic. God damn, dude. It was. Have I been doing that? Like, have I been twice. doing this this long? I don't know. It feels <laughs> like it was just, yesterday to me, dude. So I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like twenty twenty for sure. Well, what else did you have going on besides the Alaska trips? What else? Because I seen you fucking posting um, some flyers and shit. Yeah, I. Wrestled uh, in Orlando down there with uh, uh, Romeo and his group. Um, okay. God, I can't think of it. It's, it's, I was supposed to go down last Saturday and wrestle for them, but I had to cancel. Like, I had a little bit of health problems right now. Um, Have you tried to I get guess, on Dark? Uh, no, I haven't yet. I want to get. I want to kick these health problems first before I do any of that stuff. Oh, okay. That's understandable. Yeah. I'll tell you what when you we're mean? not. When we're off the air. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, if you want me to air, we can. No, that's up to you. Um, that's up to yeah. you. I just been getting, I've been getting exhausted a lot lately, really quick, and uh, yeah. lightheaded and stuff like that. And uh, where they come to find out, my heart beats working at forty percent instead of the full fifty-five percent. Oh so, shit! Uh, she put me on some meds. Yeah, at first they thought I might have had a leaking valve or something because I guess you know the heartbeat it spikes and then they have a little spike, a big spike, yeah, right. a little spike. Uh -huh. Apparently, I had a big spike and then my little spike went down instead of up. Okay. So they did a the ultrasound and a, a CT scan of my heart and lungs and stuff like that. But hey, man, all my heart arteries, uh, fucking lungs and all that shit, crystal clear is what she said. I don't have any leaks or any no blockages or anything like that. No, no blood clots. It's just for some reason my heart's beating at forty percent instead right. of fifty five right hmm. now. So, and she said that that explains why like I get exhausted quick. And, what uh, what are they going like, to do to fix that years. then? Yeah. Um, she just put me on one medication. That's it. And, oh, okay. Uh, I kind of got to 
put my foot in my own ass and I can clean my diet back up and stuff like that. And yeah, I just, that's I, the hard, that's the lift. hard part. Yeah. That's the hard part, man. Like in the hard part, she told me I can't lift anything that makes me hold my breath. Right. She said over 30 pounds, but I mean, fuck, come on. I can lift more than that and I can still breathe. Yeah. Uh-huh. So but I'm just doing, I'm just doing uh light cardio on the treadmill and stuff right now. Okay. So, How many students are you running up, in over in your gym? Oh, uh, we have anywhere between like tonight we have three. Um, sometimes we have like 10, 12 guys. It just guys bounce in and out. You know what I mean? Guys that yeah. are on the Indies come and work out with us and stuff too. So it's, it's always hit or miss. Do you guys train referees too? Like referees? And uh, any of that stuff? Yeah. 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 You know, we you know all the ins and outs for being a, being a ref dude. Yeah. Hell yes. You got to know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. The I've always wondered. He's the third guy in the match or the fifth guy in the match. Like you got to utilize him. Yeah, 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 it is true. I've always wondered if you're going to wrestling school because uh, I've heard from multiple people that they learn how to do everything mm-hmm. in wrestling school, like from refereeing to wrestling. Even referees have to learn how to wrestle. Is what I was told. Uh, they should they should know how to bump and stuff like that. But most referees get into the business to be a wrestler, right? Yeah, and then yeah. they'll be in mm-hmm. referees instead. I'm- yeah, for the bum. That's fucking gnarly, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. I, man. I seen that you were a ref one time. They called you in for a raw like some time ago. I think for our truth and uh, Kane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a gimmick ref, right? I was his, I was his gimmick uh, cop that he swore in, and I took the yeah, shirt off. yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. What? I didn't even know this shit. Where the fuck did you find that, James? Dude, it's on YouTube. It was, yeah, it's Is on it? YouTube as well. Yeah, I seen you it. Gotta send me like, the clip huh. to this. Yeah, that's how did that? Class. How did that come about? Um, well, hell, I know a lot of the guys, right? Like John Cohn mm-hmm. and um, a lot of those guys backstage. And I think I had to speak with Paul Heyman. And they asked me if I wanted to do a segment the next day. I go, yeah, hell yeah, man. And so they, I had to come early uh, to Raw. I think it was, I think we did like a pay-per-view Raw and SmackDown or something like that. But wow. they were doing a thing. We were, we were in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so they were going to put the 24-7 belt on Kane. And uh, it was funny because I got there early and I put the, jersey, the referee shirt on. I put the damn police uniform over it and guys that i knew for years were coming in the door sean davari and a bunch of the other guys wouldn't even make eye contact with me i was standing there and i was like i go hey i go you mad at me and they go oh fuck we thought you were a real cop i go that's kind of fucked up (laughs) (laughs) wait this was recently this just happened this This is like um, before the pandemic i just i just saw it it was like 2019 what the fuck? Why did we never I, I, talk about this on the show I, before? I think I just never... Th- I don't remember. I don't know. It slips my mind, too. Actually, what the uh... Fuck? I'll show you that's, something. That's wild. For everybody that's listening to the audio, he's, he's going to show us something you're yeah, not going to so be able to see. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah. That's my, that's my referee jersey from it. Oh, yeah. I did see the ref. Oh, that was the one that you wore that night? Oh, okay. That was the yeah, one I wore that I night. Saw the yeah, clip. they put patches on it and everything. Oh, I saw shit. the clip. It was when. So King... the next day, the ne- the next day I was backstage <laughs> and uh, go ahead. I didn't cut you off. Go for it. No, go ahead. You're all you good. Me, you me? Is that gonna be too noisy? No, you're Take good. Bumps? You're good, man. All right. So the next day, like, um, as soon as I was done with the segment, I went and stuffed jersey in my my gear bag, and then I tried to like dodge and weave all the producers of the segment and stuff like that because I didn't want to ask for the damn jersey back. And so the oh, next okay. day I walked in and I was talking to one of the guys. He was, I was like, Hey dude, 
I go, I'm going to say I lost that jersey if they asked me for it. I go, I'm keeping it. He goes, yeah, why not? And just as I said that, I looked up and the lady, I forget her name, but the lady that helped produce a segment and chose me for it, she goes, Mike. And I go, oh, hey. And I just kind of like closed my eyes and I went, fuck. And she goes, you did a great job yesterday. Good job. Congratulations. She ran off. And I was like, oh, whew. So I got away with it. <laughs> I don't think they would have asked for the jersey back anyway, man. That's no, they make too much profit. Yeah. No, they, <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't even remember giving it to me. So, yeah, man, we just wanted to have a little catch-up segment before we start our OVW, man. Uh, I figured no better way to talk about OVW than to have somebody on that, that experienced that whole realm of wrestling. Um, yeah, dude. So I thought it would have was a perfect – segue to bring you back on the show it's just me looking for excuses to bring you back on micah that's all <laughs> sounds, good. sounds good to me man for sure man all right well we're gonna yeah. kick that off uh you guys enjoy the rest of the show hey it's warhorse and you're listening to the pro wrestling shoot podcast so sit down shut up clean out your ears listen up otherwise warhorse is gonna rule your ass Yo, what's up? This is M.P. Young, the leader of the motherfucking Poly M. Cole, and you are listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's Pro Wrestling's only fully functioning homicidal artist It's Drexel, and you're watching or listening or doing something with the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Bang, bang! Shoot, get it? Yo, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Man, to be honest, I don't even know if I'm talking to you right now, oh, bro. come on. <laughs> After the shit you pulled. Hey, man. <laughs> man that, hey. hey, that shit wasn't cool just. Ah, fuck with you somehow, man. <laughs> Cost me a lot of that money. That shit wasn't cool, man. You know why I left like that. Yeah, I know. That shit pissed me off, man. That ain't cool, man. You know, I got people looking for me. Man, who? <laughs> what you mean, who? Like, I got an old dude looking for me. I got Mr. Pliskin looking for me. You know that motherfucker... Broke into my fucking house. My girl told me this motherfucker broke in my house and was looking through my closet for that fucking uniform, bro. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God. Like, hey, don't worry. I got something for his ass. Yeah. But that's a story for another day. <sighs> man. Yeah, man. Like, that shit was crazy, bro. Hey, don't don't get me like that. <laughs> that was, that was going, too fucking much. What was going through your head? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> what was going through my head? Oh, uh, fuck. Bruh. I, like I said, I thought it was fucking Mr. Pliskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta stop fucking you know with the wrong saying? people, then you man. Fucking, you fucking touched my mouth with that motherfucking cucumber, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Man, oh, hell like, no. Nah. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what actually went through my mind was like, fuck, that shit's fucking huge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if I gotta bite that shit off, I'm gonna break my fucking jaw. <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah, I had to get you somehow, man. <laughs> it was gonna be a bloodbath in that motherfucker, <laughs> man. <laughs> that shit fucking had me clowning. Yeah, man. But what's up? Yeah, you know I gotta put you back in anger management, right? Bro, come on. Bro, I don't need no anger management. Fuck like, come you on, don't, bro. Man. You just like, got out of jail, motherfucker. You see how the fuck the, the therapy went. Yeah, well, like, it's because you don't mix well with females. Man, yeah, whatever. We we can get it done, bro. Just, hey, don't give me nobody crazy this time, bro. No, like, I already don't got, give me I already no crazy somebody. lady. I already like, got you. Oh, okay. You got somebody? Yeah. All right, yeah. man. It's already done. I'm going to trust you, bro. <laughs> you got no fucking I'm gonna choice. I'm going to trust you, man. Hey, hey, before you get off the phone, bro, hey, I know you owe me. I know I cost you some money and shit. 
We gonna recoup Fucking that. Right. You already know. But payback some motherfucker. Don't think I don't forgot. I ain't gonna forget, motherfucker. Hey, I got <laughs> people right, in no places, buddy. Now, live from a studio from parts unknown, 106.5 XM, it's Danny Shiznit with the Shoot Report. How's it going? Welcome to the fucking Shoot Report with Danny Shiznit. You already know how it fucking goes around here. We're just going to take some callers. We're going to let them determine the subjects because I feel like it's going really well. Last weekend, we were having some good callers in. I mean, we had some good subjects, some good talks. You know what I'm saying? The fans are really fucking stepping up their game, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to everybody that listens to the fucking Pro Wrestling Shoot Radio, and thank you for listening to Danny Shiznit. Let's fucking start it off with our first caller. Caller, you on the air. Hello? Hello? Whoa, shit, man. What's this going is on? really Danny Shiznit. Fucking ain't right. man, I enjoy your show, and, uh... Yo, I'm pretty sure you've seen the uh, the releases over in NXT over the last week. Oh, right? yeah, it's fucking tragic. And, uh, fucking tragic. I just wanted to hear your opinion on it, because to me, I ain't really seen anyone that really tipped the needle, you know? Well, uh, I mean, you got a fucking point. Like, I know there's a lot, a lot of people and all, but uh, like, there's a lot of people in the community that have been saying, like... Uh, that there was some major losses, and to me, I feel they were all kind of a bunch of nobodies, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You got I this mean, diet Brock Lesnar here. Honey, that's then, a fucking. Like, that's a fucking. A, a whole hit ass right on the gaggle of uh, nobodies, diet wrestlers, you know. But uh, what what's your take on that, man? First of all, thank you so much for fucking calling in. And yes, I did want to fucking talk about the NXT releases. It's fucking tragic. It's fucking tragic. But as far as your comment goes, uh, a bunch of diet wrestlers, I mean, they had fucking Dexter Loomis. Yeah, he's fucking pretty promising. I mean, Dakota Kai? I mean, come on. There was a couple in there that was fucking released, and it is just fucking tragic, man. But the, for the most part, I think you're fucking right. I mean, we had that fucking Parker guy. I mean, who, what was his name? Fucking Harlan? Harlan? I mean, or I, I can't even fucking remember his name. He was supposed to be the next fucking big thing. Uh, he didn't fucking show me anything. He didn't show me anything in NXT. I mean, they just fucking released the whole fucking roster. I mean, what the fuck is NXT going to do now? They ain't doing anything anymore. It's, it's fucking tragic. It's, it's fucking tragic. But thank you. Thank you so much for fucking bringing up the NXT roster because I definitely wanted to fucking hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, WWE, I mean... What's going on? I understand you want to make your budget cuts and you want to fucking make the roster smaller. But, I mean, you might as well fucking end NXT at this point because we ain't got a fucking roster anymore. You ain't have nobody over there. With that being fucking said, next caller. Oh, yeah, hello? Yeah, hello. Hello? Hello? Yo, oh, hold on, let me turn down the radio. Yeah, that'd be fucking good. Yo, yo, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. I didn't. I didn't know. Well, uh, I didn't notice that y'all had picked up. But uh, yo, I'm calling because, bruh, I've been watching NXT 2.0, right? Yeah, we just and fucking man, covered that. Man, they got this one. Uh, this one girl. This one girl on there. Her name's uh. 
Nikita, Nikita Lounge. Oh yeah, I fu- I'm fucking Whatever familiar her name with her. Is, man. Ooh, oh yeah, girl is thick. You ain't fucking she's lying. Thick as hell, boy. Hey, hey, brother. Ooh, if you're lying, I'm dying. That's what... things for me. <laughs> I'm fucking you know right what I'm there saying, with you, Danny. <laughs> what you think about that ass? Uh, I don't know if I can fucking get on that on the on the air here. I mean, uh, there's some things that get you fucking right, canceled look, around hey, here. Hey, look, Danny, hold on. <laughs> hold on, man. Hold on. Look, I want to know who you pick between her and um, her and and. Sasha Banks. Yeah, I'll tell you this much. Who you who you got, Danny? Well, it ain't gonna be what? fucking Sasha Banks. I'm just saying, it ain't gonna be fucking Sasha Banks. Come my on, my man. Come you on. got some good taste, my boy. Yeah, hey, that's all brother. I wanted, man. My you brother. have a yep. good one. You as well. You as well. Man, we got some fucking brilliant callers today. I, I'm fucking loving this. I'm having a good time. We're, we're fucking. Hitting that nail on the head right here, but you know, the, the last caller, man. I mean, you can't get me in fucking trouble here. We can't be fucking talking about certain things on here that, that uh, you know, the the society we in right now is fucking crazy. I mean, it gets you throw off, throw it off the air for less. I mean, what can I say? I, I still have to be careful, even though I'm controversial. I still got to be careful, man. With that being said, next caller. Hello. Hello. Hello, am I on the air? Am I talking to uh, Danny Shiznit? Yes, you are. You whatever sound familiar, Colin. Whatever. What? Whatever. What the fuck? I am here uh, to say because I've been trying to call to call this show for the past, uh, what, two or three weeks, and none of your people are opening or picking up the phone. Why you got to be fucking quicker than phone? that. I mean, there's a lot huh? of callers trying to get through. Whatever. Uh, what the fuck is this guy's I just want to say something. I don't have, to, I don't have any question. I want to say that last time I called you, if you remember, about Cody Rhodes, right? Remember? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you did remember? fucking sound familiar. That's Probably right. Probably don't remember because you're a bitch. What the but fuck anywho, is going on? I called you and you made me look like a motherfucking dumbass clown. That's probably because you were wow. a fucking dumbass clown. What the fuck? What did I do to you? You, you asked fucking dumbass. stupid questions. You didn't even tell me that. The subject was Cody Rhodes. I just called you about Cody Rhodes. That's because you, you didn't listen me to the fucking... You make me look like a dumbass? Fuck you. You gotta listen to the fucking show to know the subject, you fucking ass clown. What the fuck is going what? on? <laughs> you're a dumbass. <laughs> no, you're a fucking dumbass. You are a dumbass. You're this a fucking why, dumbass. This is this fucking is why bullshit. From Who now the fuck on, let you on I'm gonna tell again? everyone here in Iraq to call... To call keeping it 100. Man, fuck you know keeping it 100. Because Conan and Disco are not dumbasses. Fuck like Conan and Disco. They're not fucking dumbasses. Fucking Disco Inferno? You are, are you fucking kidding dumbass. me? That just fucking proved how fucking smart you really are. Disco Inferno? <laughs> are you fucking crying? Oh, I just can't take this shit anymore. I just wanted, fuck? I just wanted to call. I just wanted to have a good call. Have fun on the phone. And <laughs> fuck off, caller. Oh my god. We're gonna have to fucking ban him and just like that, folks, I think I think we're fucking cancelled here. I, I between the last two fucking callers, I think that we're fucking cancelled. Um I'm gonna fucking sound like an ins I, I don't even know what to fucking say right now. I'm gonna sound like an insensitive fucking prick. Uh 
listen, you can't fucking be calling and acting like a fucking pussy over here on the fucking pro wrestling show. This is a fucking shoot report. If you can't fucking handle it, don't listen to the fucking show. I'm Danny Shiznit, and this has been the fucking shoot report. Next caller. All right, man, we're talking ruthless aggression again today. This time we're joined by Micah Taylor. Uh, this guy lived during the OV, OVW era, so we're going to be talking to OVW today. And uh, no better way to talk about it than with somebody who uh, was there in the present. What's going on, Micah? Man, what's going on, dude? How are you guys doing? We're good, man. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're good. Doing, we're yeah. back. We're yeah, back. Yeah, we're actually- back. We're back for the second segment of this show. So... <laughs> When you were, uh, what era did you, what year did you start in OVW? Man, I started off? OVW uh, January 13th of 2003. Okay, okay. So who it who was, was... It was? It was right at the time when Cena made his debut, Orton made their debut, Batista made their debut on uh, WWE TV. That's, that's okay. kind of when I started OVW. Okay. I started beginner class there. Okay, so you weren't there when, uh, w- were they making their TV debuts in OVW or... Or WWE? No, they're WWE main rosters. Yeah, oh, main roster WWE. debuts. Yeah. Who, okay. who was in OVW at the time, and how big of a deal was it? Uh, after WWE had already acquired Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, were they still coming down there and snagging people up? Was oh, OVW yeah. oh, still well, their their developmental? OVW. That's that's the whole reason they were all there was because OVW was their developmental system. Right, and so WWE, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They when they hired those guys, they sent them all there, and uh, Danny Davis, Rip Rogers, um, Nick Dinsmore, uh, Doug Basham, you know all those guys. Yeah. There were those those guys were already there. Dinsmore and Basham were already there. Uh, Rob Conway okay. was already okay. there, and I think when WWE came in as developmental territory, they ended up hiring them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it was it was actually in Jeffersonville and Indiana at first. It was in this old right. rundown building that looked like, like you picture like Rocky Balboa, you know what I mean? Like busted windows, little small arena. I think the ring was like in the corner and they had like one, one section of like bleachers for the fans and stuff like that. And uh, when I went, that's where the beginner class was. And they actually, okay. OVW, the advanced class actually moved over into Louisville from there. And that's where they had the OVW arena and stuff like that. And that's where they were running their shows and everything. That's where they were running TV every Wednesday night. Okay. Yeah, I remember the 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 piece of shit building that you're talking about. Actually, they had uh, a little documentary on the ruthless aggression um, series. Like a I warehouse. Guess. Yeah, it was like this little warehouse on the series that they were talking about. How that that was yeah. there. That was where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> it was was there it was a dump. It, yeah. it was definitely a That's, dump. <laughs> yeah. People got confused of where am I at the right place? Yeah. So so who was in OVW when you came in? Uh, when I came in, you had uh, Nick Dinsmore was kind of on top. You had the Basham brothers, Damager, and, uh, Doug Basham, Rob Conway. Hmm. Um, Jackie Gata was there. Um, Kurt Angle's brother was there, Eric Angle. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Tomko, Tyson, what's his, I think it was Travis yeah, Tyson, Tomko. Tomko. Yep. Yeah, Kevin Thorne or Kevin Fertig, seven. Yeah. Uh, he was there. God, I'm trying to think. Uh, Rod Steele was there. He was he was kind of a big rib, you know what I mean, in a good way. Um, Rip Rogers was running the advanced class. Uh, Nick Dismore was running beginner class, like I said. Was, was Cornette still was there? Cornette was still there. Cornette was uh, 
I want to say Cornette owned half of OVW at that time. Okay. But Cornette would come in. I, you know what, Cornette, he's a genius in my opinion. I love sit, listening to him rip apart matches and shit like that. I loved watching them lose his shit and yell at people. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> they might have been afraid of it, but I thought it was freaking hilarious, you know, because he's just passionate about the business. Like, And he's got a vision, and his vision takes him six months to a year out. And he's built, he's working his ass mm-hmm. off building these storylines. And he gets fucking hot about it when you got Nick Dinsmore, you know what I mean, there at OVW with fucking hair and a beard and shit like that. And then they pull him to TV one week and they fucking shave it, make him doink the clown. And he, get, he yeah. loses his shit about it. Yeah, he make I've a heard storyline out of it. I've heard him multiple times just rant about yep. that when they brought yep. Nick over. Yep. <laughs> but I was there. I was there for the whole Linda Miles. Linda Miles was there. Um, oh, who was the other Tough Enough winner? Matt Matt Capitelli was there. Morrison was there. Um, Melina. Joey Mercury. Um, oh, man. I can't think of her damn name. The other tough enough winner, uh, Nidia. I think it was Nidia. The, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's Nidia. Yeah, like they were all all those people were were still there when I got there. Damn. So how how uh, pressing was Cornette about? I mean, uh, you said that he gets on everybody's shit. You know what I mean? And gets hot about certain things there. Mm. How how much did they press the issue about getting people ready for WWE TV? Well, that was their job, right? To get them ready for television. And Cornette right. treated his television like it was a WWE product anyway. You know, and yeah. he would he would sit, he would call each match out to the ring and he would go over it and tell them exactly what he was looking for. Like one time I was I was thrown in uh onto live TV and my whole my whole job was to rock and roll, get a shine, and when I seen the mailman come in to deliver a package to Cornette, I hit an arm drag, snatch a hold, and I just sit there and work a hold so they could do their segment. And then when I see the guy leave, then we're up and going, start making noise again. And so he lays it out for you. And if you can't follow directions and you fuck it up, it, it, it ruins his, in his mind, it ruins his segment, right? So he gets mad, yeah. he loses shit, he might yell at you, be passionate about it, but the next minute he's good. You know, so it ain't like he holds a grudge against you for it. He's passionate about it. So OVW, in my mind, had a lot to do with some of the stuff that actually most of the stuff that we got to enjoy in the ruthless aggression era. Um, if you didn't know, this is one of mine and uh, James actually started watching wrestling in the ruthless aggression era. I'm, I'm a fucking eighties kid. So I, yeah. I was watching in the eighties, but um, this was, this was like my favorite era of wrestling when it comes to WWE. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I felt like the segments were hot. The wrestling was on fire. It was a lot more aggressive in WWE at this time than it was in the attitude era or, you know, the, the golden era, like they would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had John Cena and all these fresh young baby faces coming in and some heels, you know, like Randy Orton and Batista. Uh, Brock Lesnar was another one. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's still fucking here rocking it today. So, yeah. um, yeah, this was a huge deal, man. And, and to think about like NXT and where NXT is today as compared to what OVW was, yeah, so um, I can tell you, I'll tell you the difference between OVW and NXT because I've been down yeah, to the performance centers, I guess, coach a few times. But right. OVW, man, like Rip Rogers, Rip Rogers, he's a genius in the business too, and he, and he actually cares about it. Like, but Rip would break things down for you shotgun style, and he would teach you the basic psychology of match. Like he wants a headlock match. Um, a headlock, if, you, if you start the heat and I give the guy a backdrop, right, guess what the finish is going to be? It's going to be a sunset flip, a counter that backdrop. You're going to tell basic psychology stories. So when all those guys moved up the television to the active roster, 
they knew how to tell a fucking story and they knew right. what they were looking for. And then they add WWE adds their mix in on what they wanted and stuff like that. So they, they knew how to work, man. They knew the basics. They knew that you went out there to the first match, worked an arm. The second match ain't going to work an arm. You're going to watch the match in front of you. And you're not going to duplicate spots. You're just going to go out there and you're going to tell a story that the fans can understand. When I was down at the performance center, like those guys, like they're, I don't want to say there's, there was no psychology or rhyme or reason to anything they did, but some of the spot shows, there was, they were just doing shit just to do it. You know, you yeah. see an arm bar in every match or an arm drag in every match, you know, like I go, do they work? Do you guys work body parts or is that done? And they're like, no, we try to teach you guys to work body parts. He goes, if you can't if you agent your match, you want to get them to work one, you know, go for it. I was like, all right. You know, so it hasn't changed. Damn. Just the wrestlers have changed it. Yeah. Different yeah. scenery. Yeah, yeah, it's a different scenery. It's, mm-hmm. Well, I've also it's very, heard the, the, you know, more we call it in the ring style as compared to let's lay it like lay the whole match out. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and, uh, we Rip would get on us. If he walked by and saw us pre-planning our matches, he would he would get on you for it. He'd be like, you pre-planning your fucking phony match? And I'd be like, no, Rip, <laughs> just to finish. Like, you really, all you had to do was talk about the finish. Other than that, you go out there and you listen to the heel. And if, and if you were lucky enough to work with Conway, Dinsmore, or some of the veterans, like, you didn't say a fucking word. You just went out there and did what they called and yeah. you listened to them, you know, and they, they could carry guys that just been in the business for a few months through matches, you know, and you just, you kind of go with it. But now they, they, they'll pre-plan the whole freaking match. And then, you know, I tell guys, you start from the finish and plan backwards. Cause that's the most important part of the match, but they'll just go out there and like, they'll, they'll pre-plan their spots and stuff like that on the Indies. It's really bad out here. Like, They'll pre-play. It's it's action-packed the whole time, but there's no rhyme or reason in psychology why they're fucking doing it. Nobody sells. I watched a guy take a German, and the guy that took the German sold up to his feet in the corner and was watching the other guy stand up. And I was just like, I go, what the fuck? What fuck you guys doing? What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I see a lot of that on the indies too, man. Yeah. Um. I I also see. I I see AEW. Yeah, yeah, AEW. Yeah, but you know what? AEW. Watch, watch. Mark my words. AEW a change. They'll start telling stories. They're, they're yeah. putting people in the right position. Yeah. No, I I feel like they're getting a lot better than than they were when they first started out. Um, yeah. Their their storylines are very intriguing now, as compared to before. There was just you know, um, the tag teams fucking drive me crazy. I I love I love tag team wrestling in AEW, but. Um, the whole, you know, <laughs> the rule book is just fucking thrown out the window when it comes to tag team, <laughs> tag yeah. team wrestling. There's, there is no psychology for that anymore, which, you know, it's if the crazy. Match is it drives good me enough, nuts. Yeah. It drives me yeah. nuts. I, I love tag team wrestling also. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference being, uh, when you first started training in professional wrestling as compared to when you got to AE or sorry, uh, OVW, what was, what was the difference in training? Uh, that they would put uh, you through. When I first started training, it was in the fucking grass fields of the Kalakaua Gym in Waikiki or Honolulu, Hawaii. Right. And I, right. Sh- mm-hmm. I showed up, and the dude, uh, his name was a Bone Crusher, and he pulled out these little blue fringe mats. And he goes, "Okay, Bob, we're gonna we're gonna bump on these mats." And I was like, "What the fuck?" You know. And so I took my first bump on on one of these damn things in the grass field. And uh, when I went to OVW, we actually had a ring, and like everything was was more controlled and. Um, they actually taught you how to do things right instead of just throw you to the wolves. Like Nick wouldn't let you bump and keep fucking it up. He'd fix it. You yeah. know what I mean? And make sure you're doing it right or at least doing it safe, you know, safe as you could. 
before you moved on to things. And then like, you really didn't, you didn't go there. We didn't practice power bombs. We didn't practice uh, head scissors and shit like that stuff. You practice on your own time. We practice wrist locks, head locks, body slams, headlock takeovers. Like you mastered the basics of wrestling. You yeah. Know? And then mm-hmm. hip tosses and stuff like that. Like, if you want to do something cool, if you want to do a brain buster, do it. Do it after practicing crash pads until you get it. You know, and if you need help, ask. But that's not that was never part of our practice. You know, it was. Rip Rogers would pair us all up and, you know, be one minute on the wrist. And one guy would sit there and wrestle on the wrist. Well, this guy tried to counter it. And you'd go back to the wrist. All right. One minute on headlocks. And, you know, and you'd work every single body part until you got it down. Did it every fucking day. Every day. Damn. You know, how long, we how long were these training sessions? Four hours at least. Oh, wow. You know, we, hmm. we, had, we had packed classes because we'd get in there. We'd crisscross run the ropes, warm up. Um, I think we ran one spot. I think it was a. Uh, I don't know if it was tackled, drop down, leapfrog, duck one, crossbody, or we call it fly cross or something, but that was the warm up. We didn't spend 30, 40 minutes rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. That changed it deep south. That was a build them up thing. I don't know. I don't know why it fucking stuck, but but we, we learned a... we learned how to work body parts. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though, man. That's good. You don't you don't really see that too much. Um I I love watching people like John Moxley. And uh, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, and all these yeah. guys are in AEW, and I- I'm thankful for it just because they can teach a lot of these younger guys that are pretty much fresh from the indies. You know, never had that mainstream platform to wrestle on. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they have veterans like Brian Danielson who can teach them stuff like this. Cody Rhodes and the the Nightmare Factory, as yeah. we talked on Look, the on the. They just hired Pat Buck. Also, they just hired Pat Buck, and Pat Buck's an OVW guy. So watch. Pat Buck was there right right near the end of my I think my run at OVW. I think he was okay. there in the beginner class. Oh. He he knows psychology. Watch, well, I, I promise you, it should have changed a little bit with him there. Sanjay Dutt's there, you know what I mean? So it's it's gonna yeah. It what was what was the what was the locker room like, pressure wise, to uh, at OVW. At OVW to succeed and and move on to the WWE, what was it like? How, how was the competition? Uh, was it competitive between the locker room? Was there tension? Was there how how was it? There was there was tension sometimes, but it, all those guys there, like they they all looked out for me. Like if I didn't make a practice, they would call me and go, "Where the fuck are you at?" You know, I'm like, I'm not feeling good today. Oh, okay, we're just checking because you need to get a job. Like everybody there was was real supportive of of us getting jobs and move and moving up with them, you know, like yeah. I had guys that Kevin Thorne was, was one of the, my favorite ones. You know what I mean? Like he was always on me and trying to work with me on those shows and um, Rip would sit there during practice. And I found this out later, but he always had his notebook, but Rip was always writing storylines and ideas to pitch the office for the guys and try to get them jobs to move up. Like there was no real cutthroat bullshit going on. I walked into the first time in the locker room. I was nervous because I, I just did one practice and we went to an OVW spot show, and I was thrown into a battle royal, and I was standing in the locker room all quiet, trying to stay out of the way. But Orlando Jordan came over to me and goes, hey, man, he goes, go introduce yourself to everybody in the locker room. If you don't, like, you'll get a bad rap, and they'll think, like, oh, who's this guy? I think he's better than everybody else. You know, and he goes, so just yeah. you want to do it every time you walk in the room. So they guided me through everything, like, right off the bat. Like, nobody was a fucking jerk to me. Not fucking one of them, man. That's cool, man. Yeah, it sounds very, very, like, the locker room was just very – 
you know, looking out for each other, very family oriented, you know, just helping everybody mm-hmm. out. Like, hey, we're here for the same damn thing. You know, we're trying to bust our ass off to get to the, you know, main roster or, or at least give you more success and, you know, more wrestling techniques. Yep. Like there was, there was no real heat there. There was, there was, <laughs> there was a funny, funny story. I think Matt Morgan was wrestling Kevin Thorne one night at a spot show. And Matt was all grizzled and beat up, and like he was, and it was a it was a lesson learned at the end of the day. But Matt was like, I don't know, I really don't want to bump tonight, you know, too much. And uh, if you know Kevin Thorne, that's a big that's a big fucking dude. He's yeah. you know what I mean, just a little bit shorter, than Matt Morgan. But he's like, you know, just kind of we'll take it easy tonight or whatever. And he goes, Yeah, that's fine, we can do that. He goes, What do you want to do to come back? And Matt called out all these big bumps that he wanted to do to Kevin Thorne. <laughs> And so I want to say, I want to say Bradshaw was there and Farouk and stuff. And he goes, did he just really tell me he didn't want to take any bumps, but he wants to give me like a hundred of them in the comeback. And they go, you don't have the, the, the balls, the fucking, when he goes for the choke slam, just kick him in the nuts. And so like, we all, we all lined up on the door and we were watching and sure as shit, man, he bumped his ass around and hooked him for a choke slam. Kevin Thornton goes, fucking boom. And that just kind of keels over in the corner and sells. But he came to the back and it was upset about it. And they drug him outside and they explained what happened. And guess what? Fuck, it was squashed right there. Like, Matt was never mad about it. Matt was just young in the business and didn't really understand it. Yeah. You know, so it's, they kind of they smartened him up to it. But that was the drama that we dealt with there. Wow. That wow. was it. That's that's crazy, man. Because now I feel like uh, the the NXT locker room is very cutthroat. I mean, as, as, as close as everybody is together, uh, together and trying to make it up together... Um, it's slim pickings now, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. even in NXT, like just to be on the NXT product is slim, is, especially when they're releasing everybody the way that they are right now. And back yeah. when you were doing the OVW thing, there was only one mainstream promotion to go to. That was yeah. WWE. That was it at that time. So yeah. um, to to hear that everybody was taking care of one another um, is definitely refreshing, man. OVW was... Very underrated, and I don't think a lot of wrestling fans like to think about OVW in that light. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, especially new wrestling fans, they they they're spoiled with NXT, you know. But and when when you see a bunch of stars get released from NXT, um, nobody stops to think about all the stars that never really got that spotlight from OVW yeah. that probably deserved it. Right. Who were some of the yeah. guys that you would have liked to see in in that era? make it up into a main spot that you feel deserved it. Well, I watch guys like the, the Basham brothers, like Doug, Doug Basham and damage. They were fucking awesome tag team at OVW or, uh, they actually, they were good. They actually worked each other in a feud singles feud. Doug Basham was like top heel at OVW for a long time. And then when they brought him up to the main roster, they kind of just got lost in the mix as a tag team, you know? Yeah. Kind of here yeah. and there with it. Like I personally didn't understand how, Nick Dinsmore can be the biggest star at OVW and the biggest baby face in fucking Louisville, you know, and, and wherever else. But then when he gets pulled up the TV, they don't have any ideas for him. You know, they don't they don't know what to do mm-hmm. with him. You know, they gave him that Eugene thing. Him and Rip Rogers came up with that Eugene story. I don't know if you guys know that. No, I didn't. No. But that was like Nick's saving grace. But And when I was at OVW at that time, guys didn't get released in like groups. Like guys would get released here and there. You know, and yeah. it was kind of rare. It was kind of rare to come in. You come in and be like, oh, so-and-so got released last night. Like, I th- I think maybe a handful of guys might have got released while I was there. How long were maybe. you in OVW? I was about, about two years. Two years? 2003 okay. to 2005, yeah. And then I okay. went to Deep South. But it was there's 
I'm trying to think. Rob Conway was to me. Rob Conway had the best entrance music at OVW. Iron Man. You know what I mean? He came out. What is it? Black Sabbath. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Rob Conway, he was a top fucking heel there. And then he's always, if you watch his matches, even on WWE TV, his La Resistance, he's always on point. He's always in the right place where he needs to be. Like, I don't know how Rob Conway could have been a bigger star in my eyes. You know what I mean? One of those genuine guys, you know, sit down and talk to you and, and help you out and, and, you know, teach you the business and stuff. But a lot of those guys, like, I don't understand how they, how they could become top stars. It's it's crazy sometimes, man. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of guys that come and go, even in WWE today, that you just don't understand why they're not bigger than they are. Uh, I think Dolph Ziggler hits the nail on the head to to me. Yeah. Um. I mean, one of the best workers, probably in that company. <laughs> yeah, he's a and, of a machine. Yeah, yeah, and and he's happy where he's at, man. I I mean, that that's cool. But I was really happy to see him go to NXT and win the title. You know, mm-hmm. and they did something with him. But, um, God, man, when that guy first came in, I thought that he was, like, the next Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's just what I thought of him. Like, man, this guy could be bigger than Shawn Michaels. Yeah. If they if they led him in the right direction. And then, it, unfortunately, it just didn't mm-hmm. go that way. He was a brand new OVW when I was there. Like, I gave Nick Mitchell's, like, I gave him some of his first matches. Him, Bobby Lashley, all those guys. Humble as yeah. can be, every every fucking one of them. I still see them today. They're humble as can be, man. Like, it's it's good to see how far they came. Wow, yeah. So Bobby Lashley was in there then too, huh? Yep. Yeah, I was there when yeah. Bobby got hired. How big was this roster when you went in there? Because you said they were releasing some, you know, like handfuls of guys. Yeah. Just in the past, you know, in the two two years that you were there, it's. It, it seems like you guys had a quite a quite a big roster. We well, a lot of guys were getting pulled up to TV and stuff. You know what I mean, coming through there. But we everybody got used on every spot show. You know, we didn't have three hour shows. You know, we had five or six right. matches. Um, we all fit inside one little locker room. You know, it was never it wasn't overcrowded. I would, if I'm gonna guess at it, I would say between like 15, 25 guys maybe. Oh, that's so that's okay. a low number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but. I don't remember it being like overwhelmingly a large group of guys, you know, okay. maybe between the girls and guys, maybe fucking 30 to 40, maybe. Wow. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think when you guys, when you guys hmm. ran your shows, did you, um, were there any sort of sponsorship type, deals going on from wwe were were you guys letting anybody know that this this is sponsored by wwe or this is presented by wwe or is this strictly an ovw thing like you didn't even bring up wwe at your shows or anything like that uh not that i remember man it's been so long ago but it was known ovw was known as the developmental territory for, for wwe tv but when we were, did were fans shows, smartened up to that though yeah, the smart fans were. Yeah, they all knew because they all knew when they came to that show, they would see those guys on TV soon. So they all knew oh, that okay. everybody was there trying to get big to the active roster. Okay. Because when was I like- was, I didn't know about it, OVW at all until, mm-hmm. you know, the internet became a heavy thing. So, <laughs> and I got to, I got to smarten up on all this shit. Sorry, James, go ahead and. Uh, oh, I was just going to say like OVW was like in a way like minor, like the minor leagues to just get up. It's like, you know, your modern day NXT just a different scenery 
like you said, a handful of people would, you know, mm-hmm. be dropped That's, compared to nowadays. That was the whole point of OVW was mm-hmm. it was the minor leagues. It was to get you ready for fucking TV. So when you went up there, you weren't making the green mistakes that a lot of the guys like nothing against her. I think she's a star, but that is it Jane Cardill. Cargill. Cargill, yeah. Yeah, Jay Cargill. If they would have pushed her through a developmental system like OVW, if they would have took her there and they would have taught her everything, like she would be ready for TV. Instead, she's kind of thrown in the mix and kind of learning, you know, TV. Yeah, she's learning as she goes. Yeah. She's learning as she goes. And she's, I think she's doing a good job with it. Dude, but she, I think that that chick is the total Harley, fucking package, man. And once she yeah. learns, she's going to be the total package in, in mm-hmm. every promotion's dream, I feel like. She's just. She just has that it factor, man. She does. But if you throw her out there too soon and people go like, oh, she's not as good as we thought, then they kind of lose interest in her because she's a fucking star. She looks great. You know, that's why that's why OBW did the little spot shows where we wrestled at like Red Roof Inns with like five people in the crowd. And these are guys that are getting (laughs) paid by, you know, WWE to be there. But that was where we we learned to entertain five people. You know, so it's easy to entertain thousands of people because they're programmed. If you can get those five people to freaking bite, you know, you're you're learning, you're working hard, you're learning your craft, I guess. And Rip would Rip would watch every fucking match and he'd let you know what he thought afterwards. You know, yeah. all the guys would watch you wrestle, like me. I was nobody, I wasn't even on the contract, but they would all watch my match and they would all like give me advice when I came back. You know, I didn't have to ask them for it. That's just That's what they good did. though, man. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's good to have that kind of uh camaraderie i guess between the workforce just because if nobody's gonna sit there and smarten you up on anything then you're never gonna get better so that's that's really good that they mm-hmm. were doing that because i've heard horror stories of wrestlers that would wouldn't even get told anything you know what i mean yeah they just I, get sent up on the main stage and you know yeah not know anything and that's happened a number of times on WWE television back then oh yeah yeah i feel like yeah. i feel like ovw was definitely more more of a grind than NXT because you guys had so much less to work with. I feel like, did you guys have like yeah. promo classes or anything like that? Like they do at the performance center? Oh, uh, we did. It was, I think we did it on Wednesday mornings. A lot of okay. us went, but, but what we did is we got there and rip would throw you in the ring or you'd stand down at the bottom of the bleachers or chairs and you would stand down there and you'd be like, all right, one minute go. And you'd have to make up a fucking story in one minute. And, and that's, that was kind of our promo classes. Oh, wow. You know, like, if Cornette was going to have you do a promo on live TV, he would go over it with you. He would go over his bullet points and what he wanted and stuff like that. OVW is like, I didn't even, I didn't, when I was down at NXT, I didn't even go to the promo rooms. I think there are, there are rooms with mirrors in them. And I think you cut promos on yourselves. And you, oh, really? you, just, you, you hmm, practice okay. as much as you want. You know what I mean? And, uh, and no, I, don't, I don't, nobody tell you you suck or anything like that over there. Or what? I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they, because they have, they also have uh, it's called uh, skull sessions, where they actually get Shawn Michaels watching the matches back with them and, and go, going over it and giving them critiques and stuff, which is fucking to me is unreal. You can have that guy sitting there fucking critiquing matches with you and telling what you should do and shouldn't do. Wow. But uh, I don't think there's anybody better than that. Yeah, that yeah. legendary presence. Yeah, but I didn't see any of those rooms. You know what I mean? Like I was always I was down in the ring, you know, working with the brand new class. When I went there, have you gotten any calls lately to go back to the performance center? No, like I was, I was supposed to go again and it was right before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit. And then after the pandemic, everything kind of changed again. I just haven't heard anything. Oh, okay. Hmm. They're kind of hit and miss. They just call you when they need you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I had a really good response, like when I was down there, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, they did. They told me it, it is a process. Like they bring you in like four or five times, give you a little more responsibility each time before they hire you and stuff like that. And then the pandemic just fucked everything up. Did they pay you well when you did go to the performance center? Oh yeah. Was, yeah, you was, absolutely. Was, oh, cool, man. That's it was for crazy. a few days, or was it just like one day, or? It was for the whole week. When I went down there, it was for the whole week. Actually, the second time I went down there, I think Mattel was there scanning bodies and stuff like that. So there was two days I didn't have to go in. But they put it up in a nice hotel. You know what I mean? They paid me for the whole week. And uh, they flew me in and out. So And then got me a rental car. So I got no complaints about it. Right on, man. How, how was the pay in OVW? Was that was that a thing? that Were you guys getting paid? or? I was I was there to get a job. So, no, I was there on my own dime. Oh, I actually wow. learned I, I learned how to sew because I had I, I took a home ec class in like eighth grade. Here I'm thinking I'm going to make pizza with the girls, but I learned how to sew, make a pillowcase <laughs> at the same time. And nice. so I couldn't afford I couldn't afford to order tights online. You know what I mean? And the pair I did order didn't come the way I wanted. I go, I might be able to fucking do this. And so I just started practicing, making my stuff. And then all the guys started ordering from me. And uh, every Wednesday I had a bunch of gear that I had to you know, give the guys for TV and stuff. So that's kind of how I paid my bills, you know, at oh, my time cool, at OVW. It was a side gig. It was a side gig, but it was, it was fucking full time in a way. Mm-hmm, was, you know yeah. what I mean? Everybody wanted shit. And then that's a lot of work. Yeah. It is. Especially when you don't, you don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Make it up as you go. You fucking learn real quick. Do you still, do you still yeah. get, uh, do you still sew your own shit or are you customizing that now? Um, no, I, I do. I just made some, uh, like surf shorts the other day to wear, you know, to the ring and stuff like that. I'll, I'll, I'll get a wild hair up my ass and make something. But other than that, like, I'm just busy with my other jobs. Just kind of takes For away sure. from it. I still have my sewing room, though. I got a nice-ass <laughs> sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> right just... on, man. So, so in your in your opinion, man, how, how important was OVW to the Ruthless Aggression era? Man, I think it was – I think it was like, it's really important, you know, because all those guys were ready for TV and they were, they were ready for whatever WWE was going to throw at them. This, this was a time that we were still making. Yeah, exactly. This was a, this was a time that WWE was still producing stars. We don't see very many stars coming through now. I mean, you got your Roman reigns and Randy Orton's still there, but Randy Orton came out of the, uh, out of OBW. So mm-hmm. you had Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Batista, all at the same run come through. Yep. You and know, they were and they all were world champions. And they were, when I went there, like they were all fucking monsters when I went through there. You know what I mean? Like you had yeah. Luther Reigns. They were all, they were all six, two and above for sure. Maybe even taller and they could all move like cruiserweights. You know, like they're all athletic and they're all yoked and they all, you know what I mean? They all worked out at, you know, the gym and stuff like that. Around. Some of them worked out together and stuff like that. And you had to kayfabe back then. If Cornette caught a baby face and a heel working out, hang out together, he'd find them. And so, they, wow. you know, they still preach that. But Fucking Cornette, every- dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get heat with Cornette ever before? Uh, he yelled at me one time. And then he yelled about me one time when I got hired by the WWE and sat down to Deep South. I actually went home to, to Hawaii the day after I got hired. And Tommy Dreamer told me, he goes, you can just stay in Hawaii until Deep South opens. He goes, you don't have to go back to OVW. And I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're not like a sign there. And I said, like, all right. Apparently, Cordette was expecting me to come back and my flight didn't come back. He goes, hey, goddamn, fucking Mark Taylor. 
I hope he's fucking plane crashes over Fiji and he's got to coconut breast for his fucking life. But he never said it to me, but the boys called me. They're like, you're not going to believe what Cornette just said. I was, I was kind of laughing about it. <laughs> but there was one OBW taping where I was actually on the show that night. And uh, I don't know if it was the opening dark. Joe Cornette always threw me in opening dark matches and put me over in them. And then when I was on TV, I was always the enhancement guy, which that was my job. But I had new boots come in and I was like, dang. My wife just texted me that uh, my boots came in. And so one of the camera guy goes, I'll go get them for you real quick. I said, okay. Not knowing that the fucker was going to be late to the production meeting. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Man. So, but he volunteered and, and I guess he came back and he, he presented it as like, oh no, Mike sent me to get his boots from home. And so Cordell oh, was like, damn. he was like, Jesus Christ, go get your own fucking boots. God damn it. You send me fucking camera guy. And I was like, what? But after that, it was done. Like, Cordette never brought it up again, never fucking was mad at me about it or anything like that. It's kind of a Cornette thing. It was To me, it was kind of a rib. That's fucking hilarious, dude. Oh, man. All right, man. Well, as we wrap this up, dude, what was your favorite era in professional wrestling? Would you would you say that Ruthless Aggression is up there in one of your favorite eras? I would say the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression, my favorite. It was yeah, attitude they era. Kind of, man, they, kind of started, to, they kind of blended together a little bit. They did for me. They did. Mm-hmm. I know, and then they fucking just completely took a left turn <laughs> with yeah. this new era that they're going through now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't man. know. I don't, different. The other different two timing. The other two blended. I feel like the golden era kind of blended in with the with the attitude era too, because they just kind of slowly took it that way. Yeah. And then it just got it progressed to an even harder hitting wrestling show i guess <laughs> yeah how you would want to put it because ruthless aggression i i feel like de- delivered the best wrestling when it came down to it mm-hmm. uh the attitude era delivered those storylines and and yep. the selling and the fundamentals of professional wrestling to me mm-hmm. and and that's that's what a lot of guys got to learn um including kurt angle kurt angle came in you know probably at the right time, right towards yep. the end of the attitude era into the ruthless aggression era. And yep. that was probably one of the best wrestlers that I've ever seen pick that skill up as quick. as So he quick. So quick. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a different breed of a human being. You can't compare anything yeah. to Kurt Angle. Like he came right in and picked up. I didn't even know he was so new. When I first started watching and he debuted. I thought he's been wrestling forever. Yeah. I had no idea. He had no experience and they're putting him in there with top guys and he's going, man. Yeah, Kurt Angle's <laughs> fucking phenomenal, dude. Different Definitely breed. One of my, one of my favorite uh, wrestlers. He, he's a humble human being, too. Um, everybody go follow Kurt Angle if you're not already. I don't know why the fuck you wouldn't be, but if you're listening to this, go fucking follow him. And, uh, Micah, where can people find you at, man? Where can people find your um, gym? Plug everything. Yep. Uh, you can find me on social media, at Mike Share. I, just, I go as my real name on there. It's kind of hard to keep up with more than one. Uh, Facebook, yeah. Mike Share. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Instagram at Fight Factory or Underground Fight Factory. It's a uh, Underground F I T E Factory, and uh, you can find us on Facebook under the same name also. And uh, you should be able to check us out here soon. I'll, I'll send you guys the link when we start putting these shows up on YouTube. Cool. Um, yeah. Are you guys gonna stream them too? Or uh, yeah, as soon as we get uh, internet here at this building, we'll be streaming. Okay. Word. Perfect, we'll, man. We'll, we'll check uh, them out for sure. Plug uh, any upcoming shows that you guys got there, too, because we got some Georgia listeners. Yeah, uh, we got our show this Saturday, uh, May 7th. be a pretty good show. It's a good it's a good house here. It's a good turnout. It's a good wrestling show. 
Um, we're here in Hampton, Georgia, right by the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 2497-A Lovejoy Road, Hampton, Georgia. So if you're out and about around this area, come to the show, check it out. Like it's it's a good show. Everybody has fun. We got this coming Saturday, right? This coming Saturday. This coming Saturday, and every two weeks after that, like we're just rocking and rolling. And fucking buy some gimmicks from these guys when you go to the show too. That's how they make a buy living. Buy some goddammit. gimmicks. Yep. Yes. Buy some damn gimmicks so they have gas money. <laughs> There you go, man. There you go. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch at the Pro Wrestling Shoot and Twitter at TPWS Podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube, goddammit. We're doing some fucking live streams over there. We're going to have to have Mike over for a live stream, and that way you guys uh, can ask questions to him and not always listen to me and James talk about it. <laughs> Get it from <laughs> an expert. Yeah, it'll be a good time. And you could talk about his, he's got fucking tons of stories, man. And if you haven't heard our, our recent conversations on this podcast, um, you're sleeping on our fucking show. I say, <laughs> I said this last week, don't sleep on the show, man. Go listen to the interviews. We have, I think three past shows with you, four past shows, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's right. Three, four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That sounds yeah, about right. Go, go listen to our previous episodes with him. Uh, phenomenal stories, phenomenal wrestling experience, and uh, definitely one of the best kept secrets in professional wrestling. Go check out Micah Taylor, man. Uh, I'm Jesse Carter. He's James Spinard Jr. And thank you, Micah Taylor, for joining us. And we'll see you next time right here on the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Roger. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Show. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Show. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Show. How long is this going to last? <laughs> <laughs>